Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers get back to 511-11 record with a 110-106 win over the Detroit Pistons. It wasn't exactly inspiring, Andy, but I don't think the Lakers get to, uh, to choose inspiring if they win. We'll talk about that next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. We get this thing up for you Monday through Friday uh, in the wee hours of the morning, no matter where you're located around the country. Really appreciate everybody uh, doing that for us. Um, also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Okay, Andy. Um, a lot to, to cover today. Frank Vogel, after Sunday's win, uh, revealed some stuff about the rotation, what he plans on doing uh, with lineups. Uh, DeAndre Jordan was the only center that played on Sunday. Uh, Dwight Howard sat, and this could be a trend that we see um, where only one of the two bigs plays may not always be DeAndre. Um, but uh, at the same time, Avery Bradley started and played, <laughs> much to the consternation of uh, many people. Um, the Lakers, uh, they 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 had a, a decisively positive third quarter, uh, and they, they did win on Sunday, Andy, but this was following one of their worst losses of the year on Friday, where they lost in triple overtime after blowing two sub- substantial leads to the Sacramento Kings. All that said, I don't think you get to. Fe- I don't think you you can you get to like beggars. Can- We're in beggars can't be choosers territory. Is basically what I'm saying. Correct with wins, they won on Sunday. That's where we are. Is that where we are? That's where we are. I we are? think. I think it would be very cart ahead of the horse at this stage of the career, uh, this stage of the season, uh, five hundred eleven and eleven to start demanding style points. <laughs> that, that feel that feels a little greedy. Um, for where they are right now. And it's important to note that they actually built up in the third quarter. They had, they had a massive run. Um, I believe at one point it was like a 16-0 run in about three minutes. Their lead got up to 19 points in the second half. And for those of you keeping score at home, they won the game by four, which <laughs> means that the Lakers, um, as they are wont to do, um, allowed an opponent, um, even a sub 500 opponent or just a subpar opponent to get back into the game because again, it's just part of their identity at the moment. And, you know, they, they are aware of this and, you know, the degree to which they, uh, are displaying the urgency internally, externally in terms of fixing this, I think varies game to game, quarter to quarter, it depends a lot on it's, who it's you funny, ask. but like it's it's they are really trying hard, I think, to both project and live a sense of calm and a sense of process as in part because there is no other choice. Like we can it's funny, like I, I was I was having a little, you know, little Twitter back and forth with people in the morning on Sunday because the line somebody put I didn't confirm it but it doesn't matter the line that I saw that somebody put out on Twitter was Lakers minus 10 and a half for this game hell no <laughs> like hell no am I putting like 
any like a nickel on the Lakers to cover. Um, and and it's funny, like uh, them friend, winning is covering right, right now. <laughs> like if they if they win a game, that should count as just covering. Like basically, right now, the spread is: are the Lakers covering their ass? Like that's a win. They are they covering their ass, not the spread. Their asses, and in this game, they cover their asses. Yeah, that's I what mean, it is. Yeah, and you know, look, and I, I said after after they lost on Friday, I, I texted you. I was like, if they lose again on Sunday, I, they may have a new coach on Monday. Um, and I don't know if that would have been true. And obviously, beating the Pistons by Brian, four, LeBron's been coaching the team the whole time. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> they, need, they could still get a new coach by Monday. Um, and I, look, if beating the Pistons by four does not exactly, I think, you know, put Frank Vogel's job security like like you're saying just, he shouldn't start remodeling the house. No, I, <laughs> rent, my friend, rent. Um, add an extension, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the extension he got is basically a sign that he should be renting anyway. <laughs> um, you know, I, but I, I, you know, so I, I, I was, I was just laughing about that. Like, obviously, the Lakers should be able to cover uh, against the Pistons, and it looked for a time, like you said, they got up by nineteen. You said, and 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 it looked like they would, and it was a moment where I was like, and I, I texted you this during the game because we go back and forth trying to figure, out, you know, what are we going to talk about? I was like, wow, if this holds up. Man, I don't care if it's the Pistons. They badly needed a game where they just run away with it and allow themselves to feel like a good team. And, you know, Stu Lance pointed out on the Lakers broadcast, um, nobody's frightened of these guys. And so they've won one game by 10 points or more the entire year. And obviously tonight it didn't happen. And it was just like, there was that brief moment of joy where the Lakers looked like they felt good about themselves and then it goes away and they win, but it's just, it, nobody nobody can be satisfied with anything for even five minutes with this team. Well, you know what? I mean, there's the question, uh, and we may get into it during this podcast, if not during Tuesday's podcast, um, the concept of having fun. And these guys need to be having more fun as an ingredient during this season. Like it, mm-hmm. it is very clear they are having as little fun playing these games as Laker fans are watching these games. That being said, though, I, mean, I, I, mean, fairness, I mean, just I'll let you finish, but like they haven't had a lot of opportunities to have fun because, no. you know, part and parcel to that, you know, the joke about, you know, that I'm not taking the Lakers to cover a 10 and a half point spread against anybody, even the Pistons, is that the Lakers are the worst team in the league. Um, our friend Cranjus Mink Basketball actually went back and looked at it. Worst team in the league at uh, covering. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're the worst against the spread, which means they've been playing either losing games that they shouldn't or playing tons of close games. They've had five overtime games. We're a quarter of the way into the <laughs> season. Only a quarter. Where a fourth of their games, more or less, have gone into overtime. That ain't fun. No, <laughs> like, that is not fun, not fun, not fun. by any measure. So, and Again, we may discuss this um, as an actual talking point, but I don't know if this is the game that I necessarily would look for in terms of really feeling good. Like no. they, they should close out Detroit by double digits simply because they should close out Detroit by double digits because there's no excuse for losing them by only or winning by only single digits. But that being said, I don't know if that would even be enough to make them feel good about themselves. Or frankly, if they felt really good about themselves, I would be more concerned. 
I actually really. Oh yeah, uh, no, they they don't. I like mean, there, there yeah, they don't. There is a ceiling to how good they should feel about themselves if they had managed to maintain that nineteen point lead against this particular team. Like they they should save those good feelings for an opponent that actually merits it more. You know, we, again, it doesn't take away from the fact that they still only won by two baskets. But e- either way, though, there's there's so much for this team to figure out right now. Um, whether you're talking about the best way to go about engineering wins, the best lineups, which Frank Vogel is getting into, LeBron's health, which we're going to talk about, or just, again, having fun. Like, th- there's just, it's like a Russian nesting doll situation where you have to keep pulling out all the different dolls. And right. there's and a new problem is more unpleasant one. than the last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's, it's just a Russian nesting doll of problems. Um, so there, there are a bunch of things we want to talk about. We, I, I, the, to your point, Andy, about um, are they feeling you know too good about themselves? Both LeBron James and Frank Vogel pointed out some things about sort of milestone yardstick things that they're using during games that make the answer to that absolutely you know very clearly they are not. Um, so we'll talk about that and we'll get into the lineup things that we saw on uh on sunday all of which is is really important and could foreshadow some stuff coming up we'll do all that next locked on lakers brought to you by prize picks nba fanatics have you heard about prize picks daily fantasy made easy the best nba dfs prop game on the market more nba props than any other dfs prop operator they offer all superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game everyone that deposits and uses the promo code nba receives a 100 percent Instant match bonus up to 100 bucks. That is an awesome deal. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. They also allow mixed sports entries. Like you could take the over on LeBron, whatever, combined with the under Kyler Murray, whatever. So that's a lot of fun. It makes it really interesting. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize fix safe, and they offer fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com, use the promo code NBA, or go to the App Store today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Andy, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching your favorite sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. I want to tell you, Andy, about something that is a simple way to get all that entertainment you love, and you do love entertainment. Without the hassle, it's a great way to get your TV together, and it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more about it at directtv.com that's directtv.com a compatible device is required and content varies by package a couple things i want to mention before we get to some of the things that they said after the game um first lebron james his abdominal area which looks kind of like a groin injury when he rubs it <laughs> like he's, he's feeling this he actually referred to it as down there um mm-hmm. in the in the post game clearly it's like react- a seventh grader <laughs> yeah, I, so lebron's nether nether regions are he's like a seventh grader in sex ed class right my down there is is not feeling right um, <laughs> so many jokes we could make here but we were asked to not go blue. Um, no, so <laughs> no, it's, it's a true story. We were really asked. We were really asked not stop to go going blue. blue. Stop going blue. Uh, I'm not making that up. Otherwise, we'd make the jokes. Yeah. People have been around us long enough to know. Mm. Um, 
What are you so going to do? He said he was fine after the game. But it's also worth noting he finished the game the first time he hurt the ab, the you know had that ab strain and then was unable to keep playing after that. LeBron said afterwards he'd be fine. He'd play on Tuesday in Sacramento and all that. It is worth noting. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully he is able to play, and it really wasn't the kind of setback um, that it looked like well, it, it might it be. See, it, it I, for what it's worth, and again, this is obviously you know watching from a distance with no medical knowledge of what happened but it yes. did seem to get it did seem to get aggravated though upon direct contact at yes. the basket so there's a chance that it wasn't so much re-aggravating as he just got hit in the same spot right, and it's sort of which, sensitive yeah right well, well just that would be uncomfortable regardless like even if he didn't have you know the, this ab slash groin thing to be keeping track of and you know if you're really worried it goes back to his first season with the Lakers, like that could just be uncomfortable, period. So right. it's just it's something to keep an eye out for. LeBron, you know, like this was this was a good game from sort of the big three standpoint. You look at it whether in, in, in efficiency or in it another thing. 82 were, combined points on 32 of 51 shooting. Right. Which would go back to the part that they only beat the Pistons by four when all three of those guys played that well. You know, but LeBron, they leaned on LeBron late. Uh 33 mm-hmm. points. Uh, five rebounds, nine assists for LeBron. Part of the uh, 32 that the Lakers, 32 assists the Lakers had as a team. It's worth noting, too, that Westbrook had nine assists, only had three turnovers, 25 points. His upward swing, which has been overshadowed a little bit by just how uh, bad the Lakers continue to be and all the numbers that we see about how disappointing they are, soft schedule, 11 and 11, ninth, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth in the West, also, all that. On an individual level, Russell Westbrook is playing well. Yeah. And it, that's good to see. Yeah, with Russ right now, it's starting to turn into more of a still legitimate question of was this the correct move to make? You know, would the Lakers have been better off, you know, keeping some of the guys that ultimately moved in the Westbrook deal or the ramifications that led to Alex Caruso not being retained? Like, would they have been better off keeping more of that depth as opposed to bringing over Westbrook? But Westbrook himself is becoming increasingly not just less of a problem, but more of a positive. Like yeah, Westbrook, absolutely. the last handful of games has played legitimately very well. Yeah, you go back and you look at his last five games, 25 uh, Sunday against Detroit, 29 against Sacramento, 20 against Indiana, you know, and and you know, the, the New York game, he played very well, 31 points. Um, and so, you know, he is, he is definitely turning a corner in his personal play. Uh, I mentioned that Vogel and LeBron both said things that I, that, to answer your question before about how do they feel about themselves. LeBron, in his walk-off interview with Mike Trudell on Spectrum, he said it again. Well, one of his teammates, by the way, after we were just talking about that ab thing, jumped on him, like jumped on his back during it. I don't don't do that. I not tell which one it was because his head was out of frame. I was like, dude, what are you doing? No, don't do that. Like, come on. Don't do that. Don't jump on the guard, at least. (laughs) God, I hope it better not have been Dwight. Yeah. yeah, but like, let's. This is not the moment to be recreating magic, <laughs> leaping into it Kareem's to be arms. Somebody not wearing warm up, so I don't think it was Dwight, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, LeBron in his walk off interview mentions that uh, the third quarter where the Lakers were very good on on Sunday, he had a sixteen and zero run. Frank Vogel called it one of the best quarters. I couldn't tell if he meant the best. It was the best quarter of the game. I couldn't tell if he meant it was one of their best quarters of the season. But they outscored Detroit. He said by it was 10. their best defensive third quarter of the season. He was that very right. specific okay. that way. All right, that, then that's that. Thank you for clarifying. I just missed that point. 
Um, and it was a very good one. And the Lakers went on a big run, which, you know, they eventually gave up that lead. But um, LeBron pointed out that they've now won six of their last nine third quarters. Later, when sure Vogel was that way. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, you can go back and double check. But. That's some new math right there. Well, also, too, in part because they have transferred some of those problems to other quarters. But that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, they decidedly <laughs> lost that fourth quarter against Sacramento. That's for sure. Um, so then Frank Vogel noted that he has challenged the Lakers to have 30 assists in every game. Uh, technically, they got it on Friday. Uh you don't get credit for that with three overtimes, but they also got it on Sunday in regulation, 32 assists on 43 buckets, which is very good. The reason I point this out, Andy, you asked, are they feeling good about themselves? Are they feeling satisfied? They feel These are very basic, back to basics, low budge, low bar standards that they're trying to clear. This is like Simple stuff. Let's set a clear goal of things we can achieve and work towards these, you know, towards achieving them. That is not to me the sign of a team that that is that is hyper arrogant about what they're doing. It, you know, I I read it as both a little bit concerning that they're there 22 games in, but also it's like, okay, they know what they are. It's like they they have to improve building block by building block by building block. And that's what they're talking about. Well, I mean, it's look. It's what they're talking about. Let's see if they actually do it because this team has talked a very big game about, as you said, process, but also urgency um, as far as buy-in. They've said a lot of the right things and then have gone on to do very few of said right things. And, because you know, even- I mean, I, I, I'm asking, because you think they ignore them or do you think they are not totally capable of achieving them? Both, but... I, it, here's the thing, though. If you're not capable of doing it, you're not capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. But there's no excuse to uh, blow them off or not put in the effort. And you know, effort, I've said many times, I think is a big issue with this season so far. You know, a quarter of the way through, I don't think they've played hard on a consistent basis. Frank Vogel actually said, you know, talking about some of the issues that they've had and adjustments they need to make. You know, he said that they have not bought into at least on the defensive side. But I would say quite possibly on both sides of the ball, the effort and the details that are necessary to play at the level that they want to be at. You know, this is a championship uh, expectation season. So, you know, that they recognize all these things are not there certainly beats the alternative. But in terms of them truly buying in and putting in that effort and that sweat and that attention to detail, I got to see more of it. And I certainly have to see more of it uh, against a team that isn't Detroit or Sacramento or like, you know, frankly, a lot of pretty lousy teams that they played. Oh, look, they, the numbers, if you want to mean, Stat Muse has put them out and we've seen it. You know, we've talked about it. Like it is, you go to basketball reference, it is not hard to find the numbers. The Lakers are where they are. Whatever caveats you want to attach to it with injuries or whatever, they are where they are in the Western Conference, relative to the rest of the league, after playing one of the worst schedules in the NBA. They have played Houston twice. They have played Oklahoma City twice. They have played Detroit twice. You know, and they've played Sacramento. Like these they sh- these are six or seven or eight almost automatic wins for a decent team. Golden State is having the opposite argument with people right now. People have said that the Warriors aren't real. Um 
fewer of those people now where they are dominating teams um, that are, you know, against a relatively weak schedule. That's not what the Lakers, the Lakers have played the same thing in an 11, 11. And, and, and that is that that's the disturbing part of it. If you're a Lakers fan is like, it's only going to get harder from here. So they need to improve quickly or their status in the Western conference as a, you know, you want to get in that top four, is is very difficult. Again, that's why, you know, the, these this is a veteran-laden team, which means they know every single right thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of all the clichés, all the platitudes, they they could write a handbook for that sort of thing. So, again, they can turn it around. I mean, you know, there's still time to turn it around and if they invest more, I don't know if they are truly the type of team that they thought they would be at the beginning of the season, but I know they can be better. But again, I got to see more of it. Just saying this stuff doesn't really matter. Um, All right. So let's get to the lineups because what Vogel did on Sunday and what he talked about on Sunday uh, will both uh, excite many fans and annoy them at the same time, which is quite a trick. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. Thanksgiving is now in the books. I hope everybody ate really well. I hope everybody ate really decadent. But you know what? Now you got to get back to business. You got to start eating more sensibly. And that is where Built Bar enters the equation. You can eat something that tastes great, but actually feel good about it. It's low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a great option when you're feeling hungry. But again, you recognize all the damage you did Thanksgiving and you want to try to get yourself back in the right direction. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at built.com. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by betonline.ag. Andy, Thanksgiving is over, as you just noted, and that means it's Hanukkah time. And we all know what Hanukkah time means, football. Nothing goes I thought you were going to say betting on dreidel games. Well, that too, but that's not in the copy. Um, Nothing goes better with football than latkes and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Hanukkah. So head over to our new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's LOCKEDON to receive that welcome bonus. So it's not just football, Andy. It's college hoops, the NHL, boxing, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is Plus the fastest. Games. Yes, exactly. bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite Always sports. Bet, bet online. We are stuffed with deals this Hanukkah. Shin never wins. Can't get enough of that noon. <laughs> okay, so uh, on the one hand, we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the Lakers only played one center. It was the, uh, DeAndre Jordan, who has really become an avatar for the whole conversation around um, how the Lakers play and and all that. But DJ only played, he played 21 minutes, but he was the only center. So the, as a, you know, there was, there were only 21 minutes with a, a classic center on the floor. Uh, Anthony Davis played a lot of five. The Lakers played the lineups uh, with LeBron at center, uh, as as Vogel called it afterwards, a centerless lineup. Um, so they went super small. Uh, they did all that stuff too. They also played 18 minutes of Avery Bradley. Bradley was over five. He was over four from three point range, um, and generally speaking, uh, continued to not make much of an impact. 
Um, although I will say I was shocked to look it up in the last few games. Over the last five games, Avery Bradley actually has a, a plus net rating of, of plus six, um, which I would not have guessed. Uh, anyway, I, I am sympathetic to the you know the idea of choosing DJ over Dwight. I don't think either one of them has been particularly good. And if you're going to start one of them, I think Jordan actually probably makes a little more sense with that first unit, if for no other reason than he's not going to f- pick up three fouls in 47 seconds. Uh, like Dwight might, and screw up your rotations. If they're going to lean into small lineups with the with the with the reserve units, that only leaves time for one center. So right, right, which I think is what ultimately is most important because neither one of them has played well enough that you ex- that you essentially want to extend their presences collectively on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not it is not unreasonable to expect either one of them to play at all like that would be going incredibly small for the course of an entire game and there are legitimate rebounding and lane protection issues that you would be if nothing else having to figure out if neither one of them ever plus and plus andy in those scenarios you're leaning way too much on a guy like carmelo anthony who was over seven uh on in sunday's game has tailed off i think fairly considerably over the last you know few games, at least in part because he's playing too got many minutes, he played forty three minutes against Sacramento on Friday. You know he played you know thirty against Indiana in the, in another overtime game. He played twenty eight against New York. He played twenty uh, played thirty against in the first Detroit. Game. That is too many minutes for Carmelo Anthony, and we're starting to see some of those effects. Um, you know, three of his last five games, he's been under thirty percent, and again on Sunday from three point range, and on Sunday he didn't hit any of them. Uh, they're going to burn him out. And yeah. so if you're going to go that small all game long, you're leaning way too much on Mello. Um, yeah. I, the, I am more sympathetic to the idea that either DeAndre or or Dwight's going to play. I, I, I don't think you can make the the symbolic nature of it, um, the, 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 the objection to DeAndre Jordan specifically. There's an argument to be made that starting with a, a – bigger lineup puts your team potentially more likely to fall behind in games. You have to work harder to catch up. Um, the guy that I really don't get. No, is I, I actually, Brian, feel pretty confident that this team is capable of putting any lineup on the floor to start and fall behind. I happen to agree with you because the the small lineups have not exactly dominated either. Um, no. I, I am less, I, the part that I don't get is Bradley because there are a lot of options there. I know I mentioned that in the last five games, got a positive net rating. If you, Go for the season, however, um, he has the worst on the team. Um, he is not somebody who is who is uh, has been impactful enough on the offensive end to make up for really what's supposed to be on the defensive end, I should say, to make up for what is supposed to be, you know, that's supposed to be a strength. He's not doing anything offensively, and the defensive numbers aren't good either. Um, they have alternatives there. And that's the one where I'm just I got nothing. I'm pretty <laughs> I am pretty sympathetic to Vogel. I stick up for him more than many Lakers followers, Lakers reporters, Lakers fans do because I think he's been dealt a terrible hand. I got nothing on the Bradley thing. I just got nothing. I got a theory. Okay. Um, remember in the movie Heat when Pacino walks in on his wife with the dude she's having an affair with and mm-hmm. he walks in on them 
in the house that they live in, and that house belonged to her ex-husband before she ended up remarrying Pacino. And Pacino looks at the guy, whose name is Ralph, and he says, I'm angry. Very angry, Ralph. You know, you can bleep my wife if she wants you to. You can lounge around here on her sofa and her ex-husband's dead tech postmodernistic BS house if you want to, but you do not get to watch my effing television set. Like that to me is Avery Bradley to Frank Vogel. Avery Bradley is his guy. And it's like, look, I'll go small if I have to. I will sacrifice some defense and rebounding, at least theoretically, because I understand that that's what people want right now. But damn it, I am not giving up Avery Bradley because Avery (laughs) Bradley is my guy. And this is my matter of principle, like similar to Pacino telling this dude, Ralph, you don't get to watch my TV. You can do everything else you want in this house, but the TV is actually mine. I'm keeping that. Frank Vogel is saying, I will do these other things, but damn it, Avery Bradley. Avery's my guy. I am riding and dying with Avery Bradley. And it's I, like, funny, I, like, I think there's I an element of that. I, there may be. And I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if he looks at it and says, I either just doesn't see these, you know, or doesn't, does is willing to I think he likes sort the of concept statistical. Of Avery. I think some of this is he likes the concept of Avery Bradley, who, even if you don't think he is a very good defender at this stage of his career, he clearly cares about defense. Right. He puts a lot of effort and focus into it. Although he, he will try lapses. to follow whatever principles yeah. it is yeah, I mean, you are trying to do. He had some lapses uh, in the second half that uh, played a role in the Lakers giving up Didn't that say lead. he'd succeed. I said right. he would try. But, but I'm saying I think that is something, especially for a team that lacks both defensive success but also defensive intensity and defensive attention to details. I think Vogel sees Bradley as a guy that will at least be doing or trying to do the things that I want. I agree with you that it is a lot more of a symbolic theoretical than anything that actually translates out on the court, but I think that's some of it. It could be. Um, or the really, you know, predictive. I, I said all the time, predictability is one of the most important qualities that coaches covet, and even predictability in the mistakes you're going to make. There is also, to me, I think, a feeling that if he's going to play at all, he fits better with that opening group. There may be some truth to that. Um, I, I just don't accept the if he doesn't need to play. Um, <laughs> I don't disagree. So, I mean, this is just this is where it I think is. The rotation needs to be shortened anyway. It could be, and then, like I think they'll need a little more Austin Reeves. I mean, these these are the Eventually, Ariza, I guess, is going to come back. Eventually, none, I guess, is going to come back. But these are the guys that they have available. The 10 guys they played on Sunday are the guys that they have available. I think Ellington has value in terms of how he spaces the floor. Monk has value in terms of the offensive production and theoretically how he can space the floor. You never know quite which one on any given night, which is part of the problem. I think Reeves needs to play. Um Bradley just doesn't. But, you know, this is where sort of we are with Vogel, where you're getting Lakers fans actually are getting a lot of what they want. He is leaning, you know, going, leaning into more of going small. They've been trying to do it all year. They're trying everything. There is no clear option of stuff that is just so obviously correct that they refuse to do. You know, that's not the criticism. They they need to be more creative offensively and all that stuff. That's a, but those those are not necessarily rotation, fully rotation based thing. I cannot defend Bradley. I just can't. Um, I'm out of it. I, um, anyway, 
On to Sacramento, Andy. Yeah. Um, look, Anthony Davis said after Friday that they are capable of putting together a 10-game winning streak, and you can't get to 10 without one, and they have got one. I think they're going to win on Tuesday. They're not going to lose twice to Sacramento. My God. They're not the Thunder, Andy. <laughs> I mean, I really hope so. <laughs> Uh, again, thank you to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. We appreciate it. Make another Locked On podcast, Locked On Bats, Locked On Fantasy. Uh, get yourself ready for the Sacramento uh, game by listening to Matt George and the Locked On Kings podcast. Really fun podcast. Does a great job with that one. Uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube. Subscribe to that. Get the podcast there and all the breaking news. And we will see everybody on Tuesday.